Hi, welcome to another Teaching Others Also. And uh, we're continuing our radio broadcast for this week. And we're still in uh, the subject of use and not abuse, or use versus abuse, or using versus abusing. And the uh, main verse we started with was over in 1 Corinthians seven thirty-one, where he said, They that use the world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. And so this is on Thursday, and uh, going to be the second day of December already. Unbelievable. In 2021, closing down a calendar year. And as we look at this thing, it's, I think it's just so important for us as Christians to constantly be aware of how we use the things of this world and be careful that we don't abuse the things of this world. Uh, for example, uh, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is in you, which you have of God, if you're a born-again believer. And so your body is, is a, an earthly thing, a worldly thing, because you're not going to take this body with you. In order for you to go to out into God's universe, you've got to have a different body. And so God's going to do that. He's going to change people's bodies. He's going to make it where they, we, can, we can go and we can get out of here. He's going to give us a body fashion like unto His Son's resurrected and ascended body. So, while we're here, we should be aware constantly of how we use things that we abuse not them. We went ahead and made mention of the verse that is sometimes just unbelievably misquoted or misused, where he said, for example, in 1 Timothy 5.23, Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake, not often infirmities. And we're pointing out the idea of use, like a prescription. And we've talked about prescribed uses that God has in His Bible. And there's so, there's so many of them. We're not trying to exhaust them. We talked about, in contrast with that, of prohibited uses. Things that you're not supposed to use. And you're, you and I should be careful of those things. We talked about proper uses. And I want to talk a little bit today about professing uses. In other words, when we profess Christ, there are so many things that in order for it to be fitting to what we do, go to 1 Peter chapter 2 if you have a Bible. 1 Peter chapter 2. There are so many things that we must be aware of that it's not the same for the world. You know, I'm amazed at believers. They want the world to be bound by, we want, uh, regulated by, restricted by the same things that a child of God is. And that's just not reasonable or sensible or spiritual it's not scriptural god doesn't hold the same standards you say well he holds everybody equal no he doesn't the issue with god for every single person on the face of the earth is what will you do with him with god when a person hears about jesus christ then the issue becomes what will you do with my son Romans 1 clearly teaches that if they haven't, someone hasn't heard about his son or couldn't hear about it, he's going to judge them by their heart. I got no problem with that. You shouldn't either. Although a lot of people stumble at that thought. People get all wound up and twisted around saying, well, if you teach that, then people are going to say, why go with the gospel? The number one reason for going with the gospel is that the Lord Jesus Christ said so. He said to do it. He didn't say do it or else. A little baby somewhere is going to die and go to hell because you didn't get there in time. 
See, that's that thing where humans try to find a way to motivate other humans. If obedience is not enough of a motivation, you need to back up and find out what your relationship with God is. If you love me, do what? Run on emotion. Get all hyped up. Let somebody get you into a, you know, a, a, a camp meeting, cheerleading meeting, pep rally. No. Now, it's good to have those meetings. See, that's not, but that's not the driving force is if you love me, keep my commandments. And the things we're speaking of this week, are they are commandments. For example, 1 Peter 2. The verse we're going to look at is verse 16. We're going to start in verse 13. Submit yourselves to every... Let's start in verse 12. This is interesting. Having your... Well, verse, we got to start verse 11 because it, otherwise we're joint, breaking up the sentence. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. The, here's the picture I've always had. If you've never done any traveling, this picture will be sufficient for you. You don't have to get out and travel around. It was my lot in life for many years to have to. I didn't, I wasn't a traveler by, you know, choice. I wasn't, uh, you know, just sporting about the world. I was on a flight one time from uh, Auckland, New Zealand to Los Angeles, California, many years ago. And right behind me in the row behind me on one of those large jets, it's probably 747 in those days, was a young fella, young, I'm saying probably early 20s, maybe mid 20s, and a girl that didn't know each other, and they got to talking. And so he obviously was trying to introduce himself to her a little bit, and so he's asking her all these life questions and stuff, and and finally, you know, she got around telling him what she's doing. She's taking a trip. She'd been in New Zealand, and now she was going via America to someplace in Europe, and she'd just come from this other trip. He's like, well, what does your father do? And she said, well, he recently had to, he recently, his bank company went bankrupt, his second company went bankrupt, and so that's why I'm making this trip. Is uh, we're spending that money before before it becomes final, okay? Well, my my point about that is she was traveling for the sake of travel, and to spend up the money, somebody else's money that they weren't going to get paid in the bankruptcy. But it was my lot, just out of obeying the Lord, to to have to travel. And I this verse means so much if you've ever traveled somewhere where they might have said to you, you know, beware of the water. Uh, beware of this food and that food there. Uh, I've heard many a story, horrible stories, true stories about people who didn't pay attention to those warnings. Uh, it's been my, my blessing, my, the mercy of God that I've never gotten uh, really sick somewhere. Here's my point. He said, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. In other words, just like a person traveling, you're not, this is not your home, this is not your world, this is not where you're from, it's not where you're going. You're a pilgrim and a stranger, be careful and abstain. Because if you don't abstain, what's going to happen is you're going to eat the wrong thing. I can remember being in Papua New Guinea and being just thirsty as could be, you've exhausted your water supply and stuff and and uh, Brother Ted say, I, I said, man, look at those berries over there. And he'd say, don't do it. I'd say, why? He said, those things will make you sick or kill you. Well, Brother Ted didn't say, I'm going to take a club and beat you with it if you eat it. He's saying, that thing will get you. 
abstain from it. And he says abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. We got to know what to use and we got to make sure we don't abuse. So verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, what they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We're not home yet. The score's not been settled. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. We did a thing on this recently. If you can't obey it, obey it. Whether it be unto the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, servants be subject, etc., etc. Verse 16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. When, you're, when you and I as professing Christians, we are willing to say, hey, I'm a Christian, when we are willing to do that, then that means that we must take what we have and use it accordingly. There are so many things, you've heard me say this through the years, some of you, the power to do something is not the right to do it. Now you may have the power to do something and there may be a legitimate right to do it, but having the power to do it doesn't give you the right to do it in itself. Having the power to do something does not make it intrinsically the right to do so. Let's take the very first thing. Let's, let, 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 let's not bring in Adam and Eve in the fall. Let's just take the first two boys, uh, Cain and Abel. Cain had the power to kill his brother. But did he have a right to do it? No. N-O, 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 no. He did not. So for you and I, we must understand that having the power to do something is a warning in a way that says, use not your liberty. Now look what he says, for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. You know, you don't have to retranslate your Bible. That, in fact, that is a cloak of malicious. In other words, covering a malicious attitude behind your freedom to do something. Bob Jones Sr. used to put it this way. He said, your freedom ends at my nose. And the illustration he would use, so you understand what that means. He said, you, can, you are free to walk down the street swinging your arms like this to the side. You are free to do so. But your freedom ends at my nose. You are not free to walk down the street swinging your arms out to the right and left and then do so and then do so hit me in the nose. That's where your freedom ends. And so we have to be self-regulating in the freedoms that we have in a place like, let's say, the United States of America. Which still, whether you believe it or not, with all the propaganda you're listening, by the way, there's not just propaganda that's coming out of the left side of things, the far right side of things is. There are people who are using their liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. They've got a, an attitude, an axe to grind, <coughs> and they, so they're free to do something and they're doing it. And both sides are doing it. That's not where a Christian's supposed to be. The professing uses of liberty, for example. For example, in this same book, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. 
Let's, uh, let's pick it up in verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Fervent charity. Fervent is like on fire. Fervent is like zealous of it. Have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. It's not that you're covering up someone's sins. It's that you are not just able to forgive them. You're able to put them away. Just like God has to put your stuff away. I am amazed at how people do not get offended at themselves and they get offended at everybody else. And y'all want to say amen even if it hurts or oh me. Verse 9, use hospitality one to another, ready, without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And if he says, if you speak, verse 11, speak as the oracles of God. If you minister, do it as the ability which God giveth. Use hospitality one to another. Now watch, without grudging. Have you ever met somebody that they do, they do the hospitality, but they're grudging it the whole time? In other words, you know, they entertain somebody or they do stuff or have someone over, but, but they're grudging it. It's, it's like that's the, 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 that's the stronghold where they're not going to give up the right to murmur and complain. Are you getting this? In other words, that's, that's where we go, whoops. This doesn't match my profession of faith in Christ. This is not Christ-like. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. You don't expect something back. You don't hold it over them that you did it. You ever notice what word is in that word hospitality? The word that's in that word hospitality is hospital. You, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to me. It's an amazing thing to me how people don't understand many times what God expects of you. They just expect, they know what they expect of others. Hospitality, by definition, is, is the act or practice of receiving, entertaining strangers or guests without reward or with kind and generous liberality. In other words, it's just doing it because it's the right thing out of a heart of love and fervent charity. Now, we didn't get to the part I want to uh, talking about prayer uses. We'll try to bring it all together in tomorrow's session on Friday. But for today, would you, would, you, would you make a note somewhere and give some thought? Am I using the things of this world, my mouth, my life, my tongue, my heart, my mind, everything, am I using it or am I abusing my liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord bless you. Talk to you tomorrow.